0: forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to, to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money, your money is on the line, is on the line. Money talk money is on the air.
1: All right, we're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with Peter Lynch and Uh, We have a situation here we want to talk about. Uh, This is a a radio show about finance and financial related things, not so much getting caught up in the dog of the week. But, hey, dogs are great, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, John and Tay, who are 57 and 54, respectively, uh, a married couple, grown uh, kids, uh, they're just approaching that 10-year period from retirement, so they know this year they need to be starting into their build of fixed-income securities. Um, but they're concerned that uh, we might be in for a large pullback, uh, lasting effects of the coronavirus and the economy, uh, have have uh, kind of got them on heightened alert, a little bit concerned there, uh, the high unemployment amount, uh, ballooning federal debt and higher taxes. So um, if uh, somebody came to you and said, I know it's probably time for me to start thinking about the 10-year rule. I've got uh, spending needs that are coming up within the next 10 years. And the way that the 10-year rule works, it's easy for me to, to say today, I guess. Uh, the way it works is anytime you have known spending needs which are not covered or will not be covered from your income within the next 10 years, we recommend that you put some of your assets sufficient to cover that. First of the ten years that you might be uh, retired, you begin putting away assets into fixed income securities. The reason for the fixed income securities um, is to stabilize your portfolio, so you didn't have to pull out assets from equities if the market should tank, as seems to be their concern. Um, it also, you know, it provides for a stability in in your um, your assets, but it it also allows you to sleep at night, not worrying about what happens in the stock market, right?
2: That's exactly right. And I, I often say, use that term, the sleep factor. Right. So and it, and it does help knowing that you don't have to sell stocks when the market's down. Right. You'll still see it on paper, but just knowing that you've got enough in fixed income, even with even in a low interest rate environment, right. uh, to cover your spending, it does help you sleep at night.
1: So uh, the one thing that I would say is interest rates are low. Should I still do it? Absolutely. You mentioned stability. Right.
2: Um, it's very hard to find any type of investment that's paying any kind of interest that's safe and stable.
1: Yeah, you say safe and stable. That is a very important part because uh, you don't just want to go out and buy a bunch of junk bonds. I mean, we have used them there before, but usually it's it's a very small portion. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, usually when economic conditions are a little more... Uh, foreseeable or forecastable right. is is uh, when we would do that. But the, the goal there is to have fixed income assets that would at least perform as well as inflation, because if you don't outperform inflation or perform at least the same as inflation, then you're losing purchasing power. Right. So, you know, it, it does bring up a little bit of an issue, but I think it's still absolutely best to go ahead and do that, right?
2: Absolutely. I would, at this point, you know, you may have to accept that inflation risk. Sure. Um, still stay short term in case interest rates do start to rise. You can then invest in in those rates as they start to go up.
1: Um. Well, and you sp- you speak of rising inflation or rising interest rates, and that usually happens if you see inflation, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. one of the main tools that the Fed uses to uh, combat inflation? Is is they'll raise interest rates, and even now we're seeing the Treasury, the ten-year Treasury increase. Yeah. In yield, which means that it's falling in price, right? Correct. So probably paying attention to how you use those assets. I mean, theoretically, you would say if you need this money in 10 years, then you match the maturity, right? Right. And even if you want to take a
2: little bit more risk, slightly more, you can adjust that 10-year rule and maybe use some income-producing stocks, equity income stocks, uh, as some of the later maturity
1: So if you wanted to do that now, it probably wouldn't hurt to to buy a a portfolio of stocks. You you wouldn't want to have one stock, right? Absolutely. You want to try to alleviate as much of the risk in the market, and and one of those is a specific risk of a single company. Say that you you find a good dividend-producing stock, but uh, the CEO does something crazy like – Runs off with the secretary when the, and you know I say it in kind of tongue in cheek, but the it, reality is it we happens. have seen within the last few years major CEOs who've been fired for things like that, right? Absolutely. And diversification. Uh, you know. Yeah, diversify, buy a portfolio of those stocks, and, and you can get. In fact, we run a portfolio in house uh, that has a current yield. Over 4% right now. Yeah, which annual, is great. Annual return, yeah. W- and potential is. growth on those underlying securities that is as well. you got potential growth, but the opposite of that is what? Risk of downturn. So, right. you know, you, you still could have, in fact, I've talked about it several weeks, one of the more attractive places in the market right now is those dividend-paying stocks. Right. And- our, our preference is still for fixed income when you're talking about the 10-year rule, but it's not unheard of in times like this yeah for yeah. for us to encourage people to buy a small portion earmarked for the longer end of your portfolio in a case like the one we're talking about today with John and Tay, mm-hmm. they're ten years from retirement, so it probably wouldn't hurt to start thinking about thinking about the ten year rule in this way
2: right? right and where they're spending what you know one of the biggest drivers that we look at is spending right so the more accurate that number um, the more detailed and more accurate your plan can be,
3: yeah. All right. Uh, well, and 10 years before retirement, this is your higher, you know, typically your higher income earning years, right? And so this is where a lot of, you know, maybe the kid, depending on, you know, where you're 10 years from retirement, I mean, some people retire earlier and some later, but, you know, typically on a typical average basis, you know, you're earning your mo- most of your money. The kids are out of the house. They're already on their own. They're self-sufficient. And this is where you can really save a lot. And so understanding you know, what your industry is going to go through, coupled with COVID and everything. You know, if if you're looking at potentially losing a job or something, you may want to think about taking some off the table. So it's really understanding where you are in your career as well.
1: Yeah, I I love the one thought you just put out there, Shauna, and that is your career. And I wonder how often people actually use that when they're doing their financial plan. All right, uh, Shauna, before we uh, took our last break, we were talking about – uh, this situation with uh, John and tay uh, they're nearing retirement within ten years uh, they're they're a little nervous about what's going on with the market and the coronavirus and and the economy uh, a little bit concerned about setting aside their their uh, 10-year rule money um, the 10-year rule as we explained in the last segment is uh, you know you have to first of all have a financial plan in order to know how much to set aside uh, which is a place where uh, Peter and Shauna can come in and help you um, but basically what you do is you figure out how much money you're going to need. 10 years out in that first year of retirement, uh, you determine whether or not you have some sort of income that might cover it. If you don't, then you uh, need to set some assets aside uh, from your savings or your brokerage accounts or IRAs or, you know, whatever uh, manner you might have saved your uh, previous income so that you can uh, enjoy retirement. And, um, Shauna you had said something about You you mentioned your industry, the industry that you work in. How often is it that you get folks that uh, come in and say, hey, I work in XYZ industry and I want to make sure that my portfolio matches the risks that I might have in my income? I would almost guarantee you that it doesn't happen often.
3: You know, I've had it happen a few times, to be honest with you. Um, Certainly the travel industry right now is impacted by COVID, things like that. But there are some industries, and I'm not going to say which ones, um, but there are some industries, even though, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, cap anybody out at a certain age. There's some industries where they do. Um, and they find other reasons to let you go. And so most of the time those individuals know that they're in that type of industry and so they have to plan for the worst case scenario in case they're one that gets booted out. Um, but, you know, in it, it, two, the unforeseen circumstances, right? The travel industry was was banging, you know, with the sure. because, um, it, the airlines were doing great, right? right? And then all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt with COVID. And so right. there's things that are unforeseen circumstances and, you know, honestly, we're in a situation right now where we got lucky. Lucky Meaning that, and obviously we paid for it through the year, but you know, the market went down and then it rebounded very quickly. In fact, and correct me if I'm wrong, Choi, that was the shortest recession you've ever had in history. So
1: yeah, there've only been two that might've rivaled it, but yes, very short
3: sure. And so, you know, we're at a time now where the stock market levels are, are are good or still good compared to what we just went through. And so if you are 10 years out, you know, typically what we say is, okay, if everything's stable, let's start saving the fixed income towards that 10 years, you know? And so let's take into consideration and we run a plan to do this. We don't make you, you know, if you're a client, we run a plan for this. And so we say, okay, 10 years out, what other income are you going to have? Social security, possibly a pension, even though those are, you know, few and far between, you're going to have portfolio income, from your stocks, you know, in your brokerage account, et cetera. So you're gonna have these income items and then you have a spending amount which is X. You don't need as much income in retirement that you do, you know, while you're working, because while you're working you're saving towards that retirement, right? And so you don't need as much income But what is the shortfall? So let's start saving towards fixed income instead of just plowing everything into the market, you know, on a monthly or annual basis. And so we start saving there. But if you're one of these industries that I referred to that are maybe is unknown right now or... Um, you know you're just a little nervous it's okay to take a little bit off the table you can always reinvest it later you know sure um, and, and so I'm not saying you should go to cash don't hear me say that definitely yeah. not you don't want to mess with your portfolio but maybe you take one or two years off the table if you're unsure about you know your career and your job and you know maybe if you're not saving you know enough to fix income at this point for your retirement in 10 years, then how we would solve for that is take a little bit off the table for liquidity, meaning let's sell some, let's sell years nine and 10 maybe, you know, depending on what that need is. Um, So let's take some off the table while the market's still strong right now and fully recovered from last year, and then put that in fixed and then let's just keep adding to it. So by the time you retire, you have enough in fixed income to retire off
1: of. Right. So l- let me make sure we're clear. You, When you say take nine and 10, years 9 and 10 off, you're saying sell enough equity to cover the longer end of your retirement. Is, is Exactly, because the, the market's
3: okay. up right now. And if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to retire in 10 years, but I don't really know, you know, maybe my house isn't going to hold up or maybe, you know, I'm not going to be able to work that long. Um, whatever the situation, maybe just taking a little bit off the table now, uh, and then saving more towards fixed income, you know, to add to that. And so theoretically, by the time you get to year eight, you know, eight years from now, so call it 2029, uh, you know, you you have enough saved up in fixed income. But if you were retire, were to retire, you have that to spend, coupled with potentially social security and other income.
1: Gotcha. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, you know, there's there's basically what we're doing here is managing the potential risk for the future and and i'm glad you brought it up because way too often people get retired you might have in your mind i'm going to retire when i'm 65 and do whatever But quite often, just as you said, Shauna, there are some industries and sometimes it just happens that, uh, you know, things come along. And I think during during this um, COVID downturn, Delta got in such bad straits that they were asking for volunteers to go ahead and and take an early retirement. It helps them maybe not in the short run, but over the longer term, it would have helped with their financial situation. So, uh, you know, it doesn't it's it's not uncommon. Uh, and it's always a great idea to make sure you plan ahead.
2: Yep. And, and to Shauna's point, and you mentioned it too, Troy, it's important to stay focused on that long term. It's very easy to get sidetracked and look at everything that's going on right now because it doesn't look good. There are a lot of things that don't look good right now, um, but you still have to look long term.
1: Yeah, Always. no doubt. No doubt. Well, I, you know, the thing that's so strange about the current situation, and, you know, after I say this, we can move on, but uh, the, the current situation, we've got a lot of cash in the hands of consumers, so in my opinion, you know, we've got a potential risk of inflation, but at the same time, we've got asset values that Shauna alluded to, you know, they fell hard, but they came back even stronger. Uh, we've had, right. just within the last week or so, we've, we've hit all- all-time highs on the stock market, Uh Valuation seem stretched to me, um, you know. So I think it'd be a perfect time to take a little off the table, especially if you're within that 10 year or if you have excessive risk that Shauna was talking about. I, yeah. Otherwise, I would say stay the course because there's
3: stay you, the course. That's right. You right. don't want to. You don't want to be selling and you know and just taking it off the table money that could be in growth because long term it's going to do better, especially when we're talking about low interest rates. You know, and and, and we don't want to go into junk bonds, right? Exactly. You know, you have to keep up with the pace of inflation at at the least.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I will say, if in fact we did see inflation, one of the best places to to, uh, even take advantage of inflation is in sectors like Consumer staples and, and healthcare, places where people are going to spend their money, no matter what, mm. those industries tend to be able to pass along inflation much quicker than other industries. So, if you think about what happens there, revenues rise, earnings increase, and before you know it, that's that's the the areas where you do have uh, the benefits from inflation much quicker than some of the others, especially if it's a discretionary type spend that uh, folks have more um more elastic uh demand where you know they can say you know what i'll put this spending off until next year when when times Uh, rebound just a little bit. And that's a
2: good point about not necessarily, not trying to time the market, but maybe reallocating or readjusting your portfolio based on the economic conditions. Yeah.
1: Anytime we have a year like we did in 2020 when uh, technology outperformed everything, I don't know how many times, and Sean, I know you did it too, uh, I don't know how many times I came on the radio and said, hey, you know what? It'd be a great time to rebalance your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of things that you want to do when uh, asset values get a little bit wonky you know consumer staples got got left behind utility companies got left behind so uh not a bad idea to you know go ahead and, and uh, rebalance and try to see if you can uh take some of the risk of inflation or various other things off the table a little bit by doing that tell you what we're going to take a real quick break when we come back we got some questions to answer stick around